1: It's the Blue White Breakdown,
0: brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Dustin Hawkins Smith.
1: Welcome in. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn State Health. I'm Dustin Hawkins with Bob Flounders here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Gorgeous, the Sunshine State. Getting ready for a riveting few days. Big Ten Media Days are coming. We're going to talk about that and what Penn State's contingent is going to. Uh, Touch on what we're going to hear from, where we're going to learn anything. Uh, first, Bob, I did want to get to the news of the day, which was a decommitment in the 2023 class. Yazid Haynes, who had just committed to Penn State last month, had decommitted from Rutgers in May. And my feeling on this, Bob, is you know that garage sale game where he tried to turn a thumbtack into a Lamborghini? That's what Yazid Haynes is on his way to doing. The thumbtack was a Rutgers offer. And the Lamborghini was a Georgia offer, and that looks like where, where he's going.
0: Yeah, he's upgrading. That's all he's doing. And I never heard that, by the way. I, I'm not. I'm, I, that's that's the first I've heard that. But you're exactly right. There's nothing wrong with Rutgers State School in New Jersey. Piscataway is is really great. But yeah, Penn State is is a lot better, and Georgia is the cream of the crop. So, I remember a couple of podcasts ago talking about him. He could have played on either side of the ball. I think you really liked him. And it turns out Georgia agrees with you, Dustin. So, yeah, as we sit here, as I sit here in in an Indianapolis hotel room, yeah, Penn State's lost a promising commitment as Big Ten media days. 2022 is getting set to kick off. But you know what? Penn State's had a good run of recruiting, and you can't keep them all. And if Georgia comes calling and it makes sense for the kid, chances are Penn State's going to lose the kid.
1: And well, this is the second time now. Joshua Miller was the other one, the offensive lineman who was enamored with that Georgia offer, defending national champions. What's not to be enamored by with them? And yeah, Yazid Haynes, you know, he's, he's, um, uh, you know, he's 6'1, 190 pounds and he runs a sub 4'4 right now. So, you know, you're not talking about a guy who's four foot 11 who's running that speed. You're talking about a guy who's got legitimate size. And so that's what I liked about him, but. Um, George is going to get some speed, and I think that's that's probably a dynamic um, that Penn State will will look to replace is try to get a little bit more speed in this class because he was he was that guy. Like you said, Penn State's not really in a bad spot here. I think they're just going to go back to the drawing board, and they've got some top targets still on the board. As you mentioned, Big Ten media days in Indianapolis, a stone's throw from Lucas Oil Stadium. Right now you guys had a little bit of a travel adventure to get out there. My question for you is, are are fans as interested in this event as reporters are because it ends sort of that access dry spell where you'll actually get to talk to people and get some story material out of it?
0: The reporters probably get more excited about it than the fans. But I will say this. Usually, uh, and James Franklin, this will be his ninth one. He's got three players out here. They're all going to talk a little bit later. We haven't heard from them yet. It'll be Sean Clifford. P.J. Mustafer and Jair Brown, but usually there'll be a little bit of a reveal. James will say something about maybe what he likes about August Camp, maybe who he's excited about in August Camp that hasn't had a chance to practice yet. And the players are—they're going to reveal something. They're going to be asked about the off season and and because we really, you don't really get a chance to talk to a lot of them. Like we're going to get them for like an hour. You know, it's not after the Blue White game where there's. You know, there's there's 25 TV guys and 10 print guys or you know, internet guys, and they're asking and they're asking them about you know very basic questions. We're gonna we'll get some information. Penn State is is in a familiar territory, Dustin. They just had uh, Cleveland. dot com does an unof- does an unofficial poll where they poll dozens of of reporters about the state of the Big Ten, and and they they're asked to pick the order. Of both divisions, the the eventual champion in the East and the West, the eventual overall champion, who are their choices for offensive and defensive player of the year. And there's really no surprises about this year. Penn State finds themselves in a a position that Penn State fans have, have known about for a long time. They are third in the Big Ten East pecking order between Ohio State, obviously, and Michigan. So expectations are there's not going to be any surprises, right, in this year, but it's late July, and there's always a couple of surprises. I think Michigan State was picked last last year. The expectation was that Mel Tucker was inheriting a program that was leaking oil. They were unbeaten. They beat Michigan, and, you know, they they were in the – had they have given Ohio State a better game, they, they were in the conversation maybe to be in the playoff. But there's going to be a surprise or two, and it could be Penn State this year but they got a lot of questions to answer.
1: A lot of questions to answer, and at Big Ten Media Days, these guys will answer some questions. Yeah, I, I, I thought the, the poll was interesting. The, that was one of the big dynamics is w- would Penn State be picked third or would they pick, be picked fourth? Um, the Big Ten West, that pecking order, you have? I think Nebraska was, was fifth in, in that race. A- anybody else surprise you in terms of where they were picked?
0: Wisconsin and Iowa were at the top of the West. Minnesota third over Purdue. I like Purdue a little more maybe than most. I think Purdue, and we're going to learn a lot about Purdue when they play Penn State on September 1st at home. I th- If you're talking about a surprise team in, in the Big Ten this year and maybe in the West, Purdue is a well-coached team with a veteran quarterback. They're going to have to replace some good players, but they're picked fourth in this poll. I could see them climbing the ladder a little bit. I, I think they're every bit as good as Minnesota or Iowa. You know, Wisconsin does what Wisconsin does. They're big. They're physical. They have one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, They're going to need more, better play out of their quarterback position. But the East, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, and then really after that, Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana. Penn State probably doesn't care too much about the bottom half of the Big Ten East, but Ohio State was the unanimous pick to be the Big Ten champion, and deservedly so. You're going to have to score in the high 30s to even have a shot against this team. And that. You know, 38 points in a game might be just might be a bad day for this Ohio State offense.
1: Yeah, they've got so many weapons all over the place that you're going to have to be forced to try to keep up with that. Um, So, yeah, no, no surprise that even 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 the the fact that they're unanimous is not a surprise given how, how they've played. Let's go through the, the three Penn State guys who are going to be out there and what you expect and what you want to hear from them. Um, we'll start with Sean Clifford and obviously this latest little bit where he sat down with Kevin Warren, the Big Ten Commissioner, about, you know, player benefits, player rights um was kind of quick to say this is not an attempt to unionize but he is part of a group of players who are trying to push a little bit more for as i think i heard somewhere a seat at the table so there will be that um Sean Clifford just an ambitious fellow <laughs> yeah. with the personal training business the NIL business that he, that he started now he's trying to push for for player rights i mean i i respect the hustle i'll put it that way
0: Yeah, and Sean has clearly set himself up to be successful in life. Regardless of what happens, he's a guy that I think this month he turned 24. I'm almost positive he did, but that's a young age. But he uh, is a big-picture guy. The question, I mean, quite frankly, is he he set him up to be successful in life, but how successful is he going to be in football? That, to me, is the question. He's going to leave Penn State if he stays healthy this year with just about every meaningful quarterback record as a four-year starter. He's a member of the 2017 recruiting class, which is, you know, you never would would think about a six-year player. But here we are. Those numbers are nice, Dustin, but he's going to have to take another step forward. And I I think it's pretty clear. I think he knows that the fan base is expecting it. And the pressure is heightened, Dustin, because of how Penn State recruited the quarterback position. They have some really talented players behind him. So, if he does not take a step forward and his teammates are going to have to join him on offense, the offensive line is going to have to play better as well. If he doesn't take the step forward, the, the fan base is going to want to know why we're not seeing the other quarterback. So just an intriguing situation. He's a confident kid. He's a veteran. I think he knows he's in the spotlight. He's been in the spotlight for a long time. But you also have to look at what happened in 2020 and 2021. So. This really is his defining moment. You know, there's no, there's no laurels to rest on. He's got to play better. Kenny Pickett did it at Pitt. Why can't Sean Clifford do it at Penn State? He's got, some, he's got some really intriguing weapons at all of the skill positions, Dustin. So how he crafts his answers when he's asked about this year, are they just going to be something that's kind of programmed or is it going to be pretty honest about it? We'll see. But it, it is remarkable to see what he's accomplished off the field uh, while still in college.
1: You know, that the the player rights thing is going to be probably the first topic that comes up. But I'm frankly a little bit more intrigued at, you know, like in what tangible ways does working with the same offensive coordinator two years in a row translate into your actual football game? How does that translate into results? How does that translate into how you're seeing things on the field? You know, thoughts about we talk we've talked a bunch of times about him running the ball. Where where's Penn State with that? the offensive line, you know, he, he does seem to kind of walk that line usually between really like uh, pre-recorded answers and honest answers. So I think it's kind of like for, as a reporter, you got to bob and weave a little bit and try to get him in a position where he opens up and is, and is honest and is candid about what's going on.
0: He's in his sixth year. James Franklin's only in his ninth year. James has kind of mastered news conferences at this point in his life. He, he If he wants to answer a question, he will. If he wants to shed some light new light on a on a topic he will uh, if he doesn't want to answer a question he'll he'll answer another question in filibuster so I think Sean is gonna I think I think Sean uh, knows what he wants to talk about and what he feels strongly about and I think if he doesn't feel strongly about something or he doesn't agree with the question he'll probably handle it like James Franklin so good on him he's not if this isn't his second year in Penn State or his third year or his first year as a starting quarterback I'm sure he's got his own talking points, and we're going to hear about them, but ultimately, I don't think the fans care about that. They they care about what what is Penn State's record going to look like after three games where they have to visit Purdue and then at Auburn in week three. And it would be nice if they looked like Penn State last year early in the season. The key is they just got, they can't look like Penn State did down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I think the key with um, Clifford and the whole offense is looking like that for an entire 12-game season, not just a portion of it. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new State College dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Uh, how about on defense, two defensive guys there? PJ Mustafer. obviously storyline number one is, you know, how close to 100% are you after getting injured at Iowa last year? Probably getting booed a little bit along the way. Um, a little salt in the wound there and, uh, his recovery process, which we, I think we last heard from James Franklin about this, um, about six weeks or so ago. I'm um, saying that PJ is the kind of guy and it sounds just like James where he's going to want to re- be 100% yesterday and going through all those steps but um I think the importance of him being 100% can't be understated either because if he's back in the lineup and he's playing 6 to 8 snaps against Purdue, you know that's that's a tough spot for this defense. So his his
0: health is a really meaningful storyline. Yeah, and the other thing is so by the time the opener September 1st rolls around It'll have been 11 months roughly since P.J. suffered the leg, the knee injury uh, in the Iowa game out there. And in in this in this world, Dustin, between surgery, between medical advances and between accelerated rehab, 11 months is, is a fairly significant time. So you would think that in terms of the knee being sound, it should be, you know, it should be pretty close to all the way back. I don't know how extensive the damage was to the knee i mean there's multiple ligaments in there so you don't know was it was it all of them was it one of them but more so than him being 100% the other thing that you pair with that is is the mental aspect of trusting the knee and just the rust because obviously he did not do any work in the off season he he came back with an eye towards showing that he still is the player that he was before he got hurt Will he be able to show that in the first two weeks of the season or will it take him to October to round back into form where he trusts the knee and he, he, because he was playing so well and, you know, he does things for Penn State. He did things for Penn State last year that if you're not watching the middle of the field at the line of scrimmage on defense, you're going to miss it. He's a guy that is so big, so quick and so strong. He can take on two really talented offensive linemen and not only hold his ground, but he can push the pocket a little bit. And, you know, he freed up those linebackers to do a lot of good things. The first month of the season, everyone was talking about the revelation that Ellis Brooks was last year in the middle, and he ended up leading the team in tackles. I think a lot of that, as good as Ellis was, a lot of that was about P.J. doing his job up front. So I just think there's a couple of moving pieces with P.J. Mustafer, and he'll probably acknowledge that as well. I think after 11 months, which it will be when September 1st rolls around, I believe the knee will be ready to go. But there's still a couple of hurdles that go with that. And in my mind, I I really expect it'll take him a couple of weeks to to come all the way back because it was a significant injury. And it's just hard not to think about it, especially when you didn't work in the offseason.
1: There's also the fact that that knee is supporting roughly 330 pounds of man.
0: That's (laughs) true. That's all. hopefully their big ligaments or big, whatever, whatever it is that he messed up. Hopefully. Yeah. There's nothing little about PJ muster. And I, that includes his personality. That includes his laugh. But he's just a big wide body, but who's incredibly athletic. He comes from an athletic family. His brother, Sam, I think is, is still the starting center with the Bears. He played at Notre Dame undrafted free agent who won a job. So. I hope the best for PJ, and I think had he not have gotten hurt, he would have heard his name called pretty early in last year's draft. He, he, there's a lot at stake for PJ. He's had a really nice Penn State career, and I'd like to see him finish it off the way he wants to finish it off.
1: Yeah. And I think without a doubt, NFL personnel evaluators, if he's back to that level of play, certainly by the end of the season coming up, he'll be viewed in that way. They're not missing what's going on in the middle of the field that, you know, they understand the importance of being able to take on multiple guys, the importance of being able to, as he's able to do, he can, he can make plays in the backfield when given a chance he can also occupy blockers and that's going to be an important thing this year too, considering that you're going to have a young inside linebacker. You're going to probably Kobe King. He's going to need a little bit of support from up front and, uh, and Mustafer is surrounded by, you know, some pretty good players at defensive tackle, but he is such a vital figure in that rotation.
0: Yep. Agree all the way. Um, If Penn state loses him, uh, you know, if he, if he's not ready to go, those guys are going to follow his lead. Without him, it's it's a much different looking defensive tackle. And it's a much different Penn State run defense without him. Uh, he's really the catalyst. I mean, I think everything, every every good thing about the Penn State run defense begins with P.J. Mustapher. He makes everyone else's life easier. And, and that's usually the role of a good defensive tackle. You know, he's not necessarily Aaron Donald in terms of being a disruptive player. He could still do it. But as you noted by his weight, he's about 6'4" every bit of 330. And he, he's just a guy that, you know, he he's a guy that can really control the middle of the field. And it's rare to find a player that can do that. That can be unselfish. But I think I know Penn State recognizes his value. Uh, and I know the NFL will as well. I, I hope he is as good or close to as good as he was last year because he will be rewarded uh, next April.
1: Another guy who will be rewarded next April, Jair Brown, who I'm really excited to see what's next in his development because he kind of showed that, you know, the ability to just make plays when the ball is in the air. Um, so his development will be huge for Penn State. If he's a star that obviously that helps Penn State's defense. Um, but he's also going to be, you know, next to another starter, uh, with ja- Jaquan Brisker moving on. He's going to have a couple new starters in front of him. Uh, Tariq Castro Fields has gone. So the defensive backfield will be reshaped a little bit. So I'm curious just about communication and things like that as far as, uh, work in that middle of the field, but. Um, certainly, Jair Brown will will be. I mean, there's a possibility that he's P- Penn State's best defender. I know Joey Porter Jr. can make a c- claim there, and Curtis Jacobs, but um, but Jair Brown, another important guy to this defense.
0: Yeah. So uh, I participated in the Cleveland.com poll, and they asked you to pick their top three uh, defensive players for you know your, your top three choices for defensive player of the year. I picked Jack Campbell of Iowa first. I picked Herbig. The Wisconsin linebacker second, and I Jair Brown third. I mean, I had a uh, there were a couple different ways I could go. I thought about PJ. I actually I actually thought a little bit a little bit about Joey Porter, but I think Joey still got more to prove, and I think he could prove it. But I just think that Jair, what he did last year, really, really, was impressive. And if you think about his future, Dustin, sometimes if you look at the NFL, you know, it's it's a coverage league now, and the and the hard part, it's easy to find safeties who are willing to stick their nose in there and support the run. But if you can cover and you can, you can get around the ball and you can and you can force turnovers, in a lot of ways, I think that is maybe more valuable in the NFL, maybe even than it is in college. Now you're talking about a player who had six interceptions. I think he recovered four fumbles last year too. He's around the ball. I think Jair knows that this year uh, he's got that part down. If he can get a little bit more active and a little bit more productive in run support, he profiles as a safety. That's a do it all type who can who you know has range, who has instincts. And can, it can play a complete game. There's obviously you look at the best safeties in the NFL. They're making a lot of money. Uh, a former Penn State player, Adrian Amos, is one of them. When Adrian Amos was at Penn State, they played him at corner and at safety, and he got real comfortable at both positions, and that really really helped and accelerated his development. I think the Bears took him in the fifth round. They got a steal, and it was pretty clear right away to us that he was a guy that could impact the game as a run defender, and he could play coverage. He could play center field, and, you know, eventually he he made a lot of money. He's he's viewed as one of the best safeties in the NFL. You know, if if Jair Brown takes another step forward and does, can do a little bit more, I think, in run support, I think he's tracking on that same path. The other thing I would say is, if you look at some of the pictures that my man Joe Hermit, who I'm sharing a hotel room with uh, right now, if you look at some of the pictures for his, from his offseason, Jair Brown has changed his body. He's gotten, he, I think he's gotten noticeably bigger, noticeably stronger. That's not a coincidence. I think he's, he's bulked up in preparation for maybe a heavier role in run support. And I think of, of the Penn State players who are here, as good as Jair Brown was last year, I think if he takes that step forward, I think he can really, really, and he could become legitimately. You know, you know, Jaquan Brisker was a was a top fifty player last year, and that was he, he had to play hurt. We didn't really get to see the best of Jaquan Brisker last year. Uh, Jair, I think Jair Brown, Jair Brown, could be right there. He, they're different, but if Jair Brown shows when you see him on the field, I, I think he's changed his body. I think he could be a top fifty, top forty player. And then he, I think, his second contract, he could make a lot of money in the NFL.
1: I think if we see the best of Jair Brown, he is probably a better fit to more NFL teams than Jaquan Brisker was, and Brisker is an, an incredible player. But I think Jair Brown shows a little bit more in terms of being able to cover a little bit more ground and be able to make a few more plays, um, be around the ball just a little bit more. So, and and I think, frankly, Penn State needs that. Takeaway ability more than ever, you know, with with questions in the middle um, and, and questions about run defense, you know, last year's team bent a lot, but they specialized in not breaking and kind of buckling down in the red zone. You know, maybe this team has the same personality, but I think the ability to have a quick change and the ability to get off the field, uh, his takeaway ability is going to be a huge thing for them, it's going to help him tremendously if he shows that again.
0: Yeah, so I mean, Penn State really has had some pretty good safeties since James has got here. I think I believe James was actually here for the last year of Adrian Amos. That 2014 team was that was Adrian's. I think last year, you know, he was he was more of a finished product then. And and I think, you know, he was really a guy that it wasn't so much that that James and and his defensive staff I think developed Adrian. He was he was already I think well trained by Billy O'Brien during his two years and his defensive coaches. When you think about the best safeties, I think that during James's time here, he would be one. But I think Jaquan Brisker, just because he was such a specimen, would probably be uh, at the top of the list. And he, and he he never really got to show all of what he could do last year because of his injury. Uh, they've had some other, you know, good players, but they were like, they were con- kind of conversions. You know, Troy Apke was a wide out. Nick Scott was a running back. Nick Scott just won a Super Bowl. Troy Apke was a fairly high draft pick. Of uh, The Washington Redskins, Marcus Allen, uh, is now a linebacker, I think, or was a linebacker. He bulked up a little bit after getting drafted by the Steelers. But I think Jair Brown, of all of them, he could be right there with Brisker as maybe the best all-around safety at Penn State during James' time. But he's going to need to show that this year. I think he's close. But if he becomes more of uh, a terror in the run game, um, I think the argument could be made he has right there with Brisker or or maybe even a little better. I, I'm excited to see Jair Brown build upon what was a really, really good twenty twenty one. And I th- I think he is is one of the best safeties in the country already.
1: We're going to hear from Jair Brown, PJ Mustafer, Sean Clifford, James Franklin. Obviously Big 10 media days, uh, here this week. Stay tuned to penlive.com slash Penn State football for everything Bob has to say coming off, uh, speaking with these guys and, and the rest of the Big 10 coaches and players that are there. I'm sure there will be some headlines you don't want to miss on Live. We will be recapping it at some point here on the blue white breakdown, which you can find on Alexa, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher and YouTube. Bobby, have fun out there.
0: All right, Dustin. Good chatting with you. And I'm loving my view of Lucas Oil Stadium right now. And Joe Hermit.
1: N- Ranked rank number one in the Cleveland.com Big Ten preseason poll of Big Ten photographers. <laughs> so congratulations on that, yep. Joe.
0: Unchallenged.
1: Hey, we'll we'll catch up with you soon, Bob, uh, about Big Ten Media Days. And uh thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time here on the Blue White Breakdown. This has been the Blue White Breakdown brought
0: to you by Pen Live.